Hello and welcome to the Loser Pod. I will be your host on this magical 10-episode journey that is the 2022 NFL season. We will touch on the NFL as a whole, the fantasy season, and most of all, the gambling trends so we can make all make some money. And last, we're going to have some fun. Now, you may be wondering, why am I doing this pod, and why is it called the Loser Pod? Well, to keep it as simple as I can, it's because I lost the fantasy league, and now I have to do the Loser Pod. Welcome back to the Loser Pod. Week one is finally in the books. What felt like a fucking long off season, but we're finally here. Had some good games this week. Had a couple close games, some upsets, a tie. A lot of a lot of teams are being frauds, and we're asking the questions: Are we sure they're really good? Really, Bill Simmons' question there. But I think I want to break down this week one into a few categories. And the first one is the, holy fuck, they are good. Now this category, they are the heavy hitters. These are the ones that I'm going to be betting on every single week, taking the spread. I don't care if they're divisional games. I don't care if they're trap games on the road. I will take these guys. I will bet on the offense. I'll take the over. You know, all that stuff. That's the, holy fuck, they are good. The only place to start for this category is definitely with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they look dominant. Thursday night I mean they did not start out the greatest but I think they cleaned it up Josh Allen did their two picks but I think that receiving core with Stefan Diggs Gabe Davis Washington Redskins Jamison Crowder uh preseason favorite Isaiah McKenzie I mean that is a good that is a good receiving core and then throw on top uh Devin Singletary who's looking at people in body bags maybe he finally turns out to be the player he's supposed to but that's a very, very good offense that nearly made the Super Bowl last year. I mean, if they that overtime game goes differently, who knows? But And then, I mean, you go to the defense, too. I mean, everyone's talking before the game, Tredavious White's out, oh, all this shit. Uh, but Stafford's elbow is completely healthy, we're told, before the game. But, I mean, this Buffalo Bills defense absolutely shut them down. Von Miller with two sacks. A.J. Epinenza with another sack and a half. I mean, this is a good front four, I guess you would call it that can just keep coming and coming and rotate through. They are very, very deep, and that is tough to deal with, especially deep into the playoffs. The next one's a real shocker, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They went down to Arizona, and they did Kansas City Chiefs things. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looking like the Brian Westbrook comp that he should be. Patty Mahomes throwing touchdowns, and they took care of the Cardinals, even with a lot of going deep into the bench later into the game. Uh, easily covered the six and a half line over 54. They took that almost themselves, scoring 44 points. This is an exciting team moving forward, and I think the, one of the more interesting things about them is that they have a lot of young talent on that defense. Their draft class this year was headlined by Trent McDuffie and George Carl Aphidus, two really good players. Uh, and then replacing Tyron Matthew with Justin Reed, I think is maybe probably a long-term decision, but may not pay off in the short term. But I think especially as they keep going on during the season, he's just going to keep getting better and better if he stays healthy. And rounding out our holy fuck, they are good category is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another pretty obvious one because Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but I think the most interesting thing about this team is the Todd Bowles factor. 
I think having a Tom Brady-led team with a defensive coach is a really interesting and dangerous combination. Combine that with a defensive line that you can't run on and an athletic back end. This is a team going to be riding this entire season, and honestly, they're a very safe bet. All right, enough with the obvious ones. Let's go with the next category, and that one is the all right, I'll buy it. First one with the all right, I'll buy it is the Miami Dolphins. I like the Mike McDaniel hire. I like Tyreek Hill. A little concerned about that target share going around with Tua. I mean, I think we're going to see a little bit of some Jalen Hurts type stuff with the two of them in big make-it-or-break-it years and some really well-built offenses, so this is really their time to shine. Now, small disclaimer with them, they did play the New England Patriots, who I do not think are a good football team. Offense run by Matt Patricia is probably not going to be a good thing, and that definitely showed with their three points. But they have a big test coming up with our next team in the all right i'll buy it category and that is everyone's favorite baltimore ravens lamar's on a big fuck you baltimore ravens revenge tour i'm gonna go get my guaranteed money anyway type season and i am here for it i really do think that this is going to dominate the headlines for the ravens this year and probably rightfully so considering lamar jackson is the franchise face but According to Schefter, they offered him over $250 million, but that's over six years. The Deshaun Watson contract was 230 over five years. Um, but apparently the Ravens are willing to go into more guaranteed money than what the Broncos even gave Russell Wilson, which was the next highest besides Watson. I don't really blame Lamar for really sticking to his guns here and going for the max contracts. I think we're going to head into next season with some QB needy teams, maybe maybe the Dolphins don't love Tua and that owner has proven to be aggressive in the past and maybe they get Lamar back to his hometown and give him that guaranteed deal because I think some of these owners are going to be a little bit desperate. I mean, this is a very quarterback-heavy league and you can't really play unless you have one of those elite guys. Now, one thing to keep in mind when we're talking about these crazy high guaranteed contracts is that from day one when the contract is signed, these owners need to put the full guaranteed money into an escrow account. Now, in Watson's case, the Haslam's had to go and put $230 million, wire it into a bank account, and I know these owners are rich and it's hard to count their money and feel bad for them, but I don't really know how many owners have over $200 million just liquid ready to go into a bank account and can lose that, but it is very hard to feel bad for them, especially with these new TV deals coming in. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy money that every single owner has, and I don't really buy the whole, oh, we can't afford this type thing with what the Ravens are doing with with Lamar right now and what the Bengals are going to do next offseason with Joe Burrow. Overall, I think the Ravens should have bit the bullet and just paid Lamar this offseason. I mean, 250 mil fully guaranteed would be a hefty, hefty contract, but I think the contract they're going to be looking at next offseason with Lamar is going to be even worse with Herbert and Burrow up also. The price is just going to keep going up. Lamar is going to have a good season, hopefully, and I don't know how that situation is going to play out. I, I do think that Lamar leaving Baltimore is very real on the table right now, but I guess we'll wait and see what happens. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings, who I'm actually pretty high on this year. I think going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell is a pretty gigantic upgrade for the offense, and I think it really showed against the Packers, who were supposed to be a very defensive-heavy team coming into this season. Uh Kirk Cousins had a pretty solid game. Dalvin Cook ran for 90 yards looking like his younger self. And, I mean, Justin Jefferson, I don't even know how much I need to touch on that because that dude is just absolutely incredible. But I, I really like what the Dolphins are going to do this year. I mean, we'll, we'll see as the schedule goes on. But what was this week? They covered the minus, minus two, which is actually a little surprising going into this divisional game that they were getting two points against the Packers. Game also went under 46.5, which I think speaks more towards the 
Packers' lack of an offense. But I like this Vikings team moving forward, especially this week against the Eagles, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, DeAndre Swift tore up the Eagles' run defense, and I think Dalvin Cook is going to do the same thing. I am definitely going to be placing a wager on Dalvin Cook's over in rushing yards this next week. Now, my last two teams in this category, I think we need to proceed with caution on, but I do think that they are somewhere in the middle of the all right, I'll buy it, and my next category, but that is the Steelers and the Giants. I feel like both these teams are in a very similar spot uh, with quarterbacks that I don't totally have too much faith in, but I think they're both going to be very well-run teams. The Steelers, obviously, with a Mike Tomlin coach team, never had a losing season, can't really count them out too much. Um, You saw that against the Bengals in the divisional game. Um, And for the Giants, I think Brian Dable was a really, really good hire. I think getting Gettleman out of that organization is going to pay some dividends. Uh, And I think seeing how that team reacted on that Titans win with the two-point conversion, uh, I don't love seeing it as a NFC East rival, but they're a team I want to watch moving forward. I I feel like they're going to hang around in games. Um, the offensive line looks improved. Saquon Barkley's back. So we'll see. I think they have a lot of a lot more talent than people were expecting heading into this season, and I feel like they're going to be a sneaky team with a lot of trap games. My next and final category is the wow, what the fuck category, and I reserve this one for the teams that we maybe had a little bit higher expectations for heading into this season. Maybe some things went down in the offseason. We're not totally confident on them, but they were good in the past, and I feel like that people expected and bet on for them to be pretty good in week one and definitely let us down for me the first one up is the titans i feel like this is the most obvious answer right here i was nervous with them last year losing arthur smith um they seemed to figure it out and they were a pretty good team last year with all the injuries anyway um but they did have aj brown and they did have derrick henry even though they both weren't around the whole season those guys were still there this year seems like a different story Traylon burks was the aj brown replacement and Obviously, he's not going to be that guy from week one, and that offense looked a little stuck. That defense looked average. Lost against the Giants, which is not great, and now they get the Bills on Monday night. So I don't know when this is going to look up for the Titans. I'm bullish on them. I'm not touching them on any lines. Maybe I'll bet against them for the Bills, but Titans are definitely the first stop of what the fuck went down, and they are a team that I am not super high on going the rest of the season. Next one, same kind of thing, let us down in week one, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Tying against the Texans is a very interesting one. Even though that game was in Houston, divisional game, some could call it a trap game. I mean, that's not what you want to see week one, especially with how that season ended last year. I don't love the Colts, never really have. I think Matt Ryan's an average quarterback. I think that offensive line is hyped up more than what it should be just because of Quentin Nelson, but I don't love the tackles there. Jonathan Taylor is a freak and always will be a freak. That defense is solid, and they didn't have Shaq Leonard this past week, so that definitely did have a large impact on them. But the same thing with the Titans. I don't know when this is turning up for them, and I'm going to hold off on betting on them until we see something. And last team we have up in this category is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers visibly frustrated with those receivers, and I don't blame him. That Christian Watson drop was pretty... J.J. Arcega-Whiteside-esque, just falling straight through his hands. I can get why Rodgers is very, very annoyed with that. He didn't really get much out of his veterans and Sammy Watkins or Randall Cobb either. I don't know where the help is coming from on this offense besides with the running backs. The offensive line didn't really help either. And like I said before, this defense was supposed to be like the main part of this team. Uh, the offense was going to be a work in progress the whole time, but the defense was supposed to carry them, and they did not do that against the Vikings. 
I don't really know where they stand. I don't even know if they're going to win this division at this point. Maybe just a week one overreaction, but I'm going to steer very, very clear of the Green Bay Packers, at least moving forward. Last, I'm going to give an honorable mention to the home field advantage or lack thereof at SoFi. Both the Rams and Chargers had to go to silent counts uh, this week, which is not a good sign. Now, the Chargers were playing a divisional rival in the Raiders, and I guess those fans travel. I don't even know. And Bills fans are Bills fans against the against the Rams, but neither of those are a good look. I'm going to look to start betting on some of these away teams in SoFi, uh, especially divisional games. I think this is going to get a little ugly, uh, but something to look forward to look out for moving forward for these two teams. There's no home field advantage at SoFi. So those were my three categories. Feel free to give me a shout if you agree, disagree, want to add any teams to those categories, but those are my three and how I'm breaking out week one. All right, now we're going to head into our first weekly segment, and that is the dud club. You do not want to be in the dud club, but that is when you start a player in your starting lineup and he gets a big fat zero, puts up a dud. And our first guest this week is the one and only Jordan Schiff. Jord, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Welcome to be welcome to the first podcast. You are the inaugural guest, so I guess that's a good thing or a bad thing, however you look at it. But welcome. Seems fitting that the commissioner should be the first guest, don't you think? Well, it's not necessarily for good things. I'm not calling you because you're the commissioner. Just heads up. I'm calling you because you are the first member of the Dud Club. No, it's not. The dud club is when you start a guy on your starting lineup and he gets zero. And that for you this week was Devonta Smith. Congratulations. Seriously? I thought you said dub with a B, not a D. No, dud. D-U-D. That means your player put up a fucking dud. Well, you know what? You got to tell your boys to play a little bit better. You know, the Eagles almost lost the game. They almost let the Lions come all the way back. And the Slim Reaper did nothing. And you know what? It pisses me off. And it pisses me off because... I could have gotten my ten dollars this week as the weekly highest score because I was only sixteen points off. But no, no, what a fucking shame! Honestly, impressive. You still won. I don't know if that yeah, speaks I to mean, Josh's team or what. I mean, one twenty is a solid score. One twenty is a solid score. I mean, I took this week very seriously as it is. Oh no, you're breaking up, George. Joshua left there. Yeah. So the Camara virus. Sure that I uh, gave him my all. The Camara virus. Yeah, exactly. Camara. You know, scoring 6.1 with Camara may as well be a dud. He may have come down with the Camara virus. <laughs> so tell me, th- thought process going into the week with Devonta Smith. How you feeling? How do you feel during the week? What's what's going on moving forward? Tell me. What's the plan? Well, you know, the thought process going into last week was, you know what, let me just start who I think are the best players. And let's not put too much research into it. Let's not overthink it. Let's see what happens. It seemed to work out pretty well. Uh, this week coming up, I'm going into the team that scored the highest this past week. Fuck boy. fuck boy. And kid fucking sucks. He's such a fucking fuckboy. But you know what? We're, we're looking good this week. We're going to put a little bit more thought into it. We're going to send some letters out to Green... Or actually, we're going to drive to Green Bay, drive to Cleveland, and thank them for vulturing touchdowns last week and hope for a little bit of the same this week. And hope Alan Lazard is healthy? Well, Alan Lazard healthy would definitely help, but... You know, there is a couple other sneaky plays on my bench that I might be looking into. And, you know, at the time of recording, it's only Tuesday, so waivers have yet to go through eyeballs emoji. Ooh. Tell yeah, me. Who, I who's, 
Who, hey, hey, Ev, did you put any uh, claims in this week? Uh, I can't at the moment because stupid fucking Yahoo and their injuries at right now has Godwin. They have the news report up that he's going to miss multiple weeks, but they have him as, I believe it's questionable. Let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have him as questionable, and I can't have Dobbins on my IR, so I don't have a spot right now. They already ruled out uh, Eli Mitchell, so I have him on my yeah. IR, but I don't have a roster spot to do any kind of waiver claim right now, so... But I will say this this is getting released on Wednesday. So who who's your waiver claim? Well, you know, my top waiver claim right now is Jeff uh, Jeff Wilson, and I'm hoping that I do get him. You know, I'm actually kind of finding it interesting, this whole betting bidding on uh bidding on waivers and I'm curious what the strategy is. If it's like, you know, reserve your budget for later in the season when you may need it, or if there's a player you really want, try to spend all the money. Um, it is very interesting. I do have a uh, a second waiver statement as well on Khalil Herbert because okay. he took a lot of the goal line carries away from David Montgomery this past week. So it'd be a nice little handcuff to stash on the bench, you know. I also have seen some reports that they don't love David Montgomery there. That like he's not necessarily yeah, a scheme fit, well. whatever that means as a running back. But that's what they've been saying. I've tried to stick far, far away from him in all of my teams this year because that backfield is so unpredictable and. You know, I think it showed again with him not getting the goal line carry, so I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, as far as my strategy, and like, you know, this is like, you know, I got to figure it out as you go. I only have a $2 bid in for Jeff Wilson and a $1 bid in for Khalil Herbert, assuming that people are going to try to get him for zero, so maybe I could outbid them. But, you know, I'm curious to see what they end up going for and, uh, you know, do my continuous waivers off of that figure. But I hate that it doesn't show you what the highest bid is, so you can't outbid someone. That's what it is. That's kind of the whole point. I feel like there's going to be a couple of weeks where we figure out what the actual market is. But, I mean, I have a feeling that there's going to be someone in the league that puts like 10 or 15 on one of those guys. And it's just like, okay, well, have fun. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like if it's in a situation like you where you have Eli Mitchell and you want to bid on one of the guys, like, you may put a little bit more on it because you need the handcuff. To be honest, I... Even if I had a roster spot, I don't know if I'd put it on Jeff Wilson. And maybe I'll regret saying that later, but... I just feel like that's going to be a very committee-based running game. I mean, Jeff Wilson didn't really do that well, and Trey Lance is running a lot. Debo is stealing some carries, even from Eli Mitchell when he was in there. So I feel like I'm yeah. going to steer clear from that. And plus, I got Pacheco late last week, which I'm going to hold on to him because now I feel like I need to own that Kansas City backfield. So yes. I'm, I'm keeping him as my roster spot. I'm not I'm not dropping him. I'm not adding anyone this week. I'm sticking, sticking with my team. Fair enough, and uh, let's talk about your team a little bit. You know, I know you're interviewing me for this, but you got to talk about Jerry Judy last night and how he did for your team. I mean, he had that one catch. I mean, it was just the one play, the underthrow from Russ, and he had a good run afterwards, bad defense. I mean, I'll take it. I'm a little nervous moving forward, but I, I think that was just a weird game for Russ. I talked about it earlier. I recorded a whole bunch before, but like, I, I feel like it was just a weird game for Russ. Like, going back to Seattle week one, like, I don't really... Th- trust it and like next week they have the texans like that's my get right game for them i'm not too worried about it but like i would have liked to see some more catches for judy some more consistency without a doubt but you gotta love christian kirk coming through on your bench just in case you need him six for 117 antonio is he had 12 targets yeah i mean i'm not surprised by that he was their big money guy and like i I know doug peterson loves those type of receivers so like that's was my thinking Okay, we're back after a little technical difficulties, but I think we were talking about Christian Kirk and my team, but I think this week I'm going with Antonio Gibson with Godwin out even more weeks now. 
Eli Mitchell gone, so my team is getting a little depleted. I have to go into the depth a little. Go into the depth a little bit, but you know, he didn't look too bad this past weekend, Tony Gibson. He looked good. No, he looked he legitimately did. good. Like, but I you know, know. As it is with Antonio Gibson, he has to, you know, hold on to the ball and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, but last week was 14 rushes, 58 yards, 7 catches for 72. And no touchdowns. I love that in a half point PPR. Yeah, I mean, like 16 points in a with no touchdowns, like, I'll take that. But I know as soon as I start him next week, he's going to fumble the opening drive and that's going to be the end of it. That's my luck. Well, you know, as a quick aside, I saw they did play the Lions this week. How did Aiden Hutchinson look last week? Aiden Hutchinson looked actually pretty good. I mean, the whole defensive line, like, they actually looked pretty good, and they were doing this one thing. I forget what they were calling it, like the NASCAR package or something, where they literally were lining up with four edge rushers as the as the D-line. Wow. I like, I don't know how. I, I guess they just do that in obvious passing situations would be my guess on that. I wasn't really playing too close of attention at that, but. I don't know, it's a little weird, but their D-line, they're playing with shit. Lions are a sneaky MCG team. About to, you know, try to break some kneecaps. What were you saying about the Lions? They're a sneaky team this year. They're a sneaky team. I, I, think, I think their win total is at like six and a half or something. I think they're going to hit the over on that. Yeah, I should have taken the over. I think Swift is going to be good. I mean, I'm a believer in like if you have like good coaching, good O-line, good running game, like just good in the trenches yeah. overall, like I think that baseline, like you're going to be a good team. Oh, I agree 100%. And, like, it was a tough decision for me between Swift and Waller, which one I wanted to keep. But after how Swift looked last week, I don't think I have any doubts anymore. No, that was... And I got that, it, so... That's the decision I would have made also. I, I mean, Waller, yeah. that's too crowded. That's, I'm having the same issue with Renfro right now. Like, I'm honestly debating even, like, dropping Renfro. If he does another shitty week, like, I'll think about it. But, like, honestly, like, we'll lead into this. But, like, Derek Carr, I feel like, is, like, the all-time, like, all-off-season, like, hype man. Oh, 100%. Everyone's like, oh my god, he's great, he's underrated, he's this and that, that. You know, it's like Ryan Tannehill back in the Miami days where everyone thought it was going to be the breakout season that never came. He went to Tennessee, and then I guess he eventually had one good, decent season, but, like, that's about it. One good season carried by Derrick Henry, but I just, I don't trust that Derrick Carr's going to be able to keep all three of those guys relevant. Uh, no. Devontae, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Like, I, I, I'm skeptical. No, and then moreover on that, like their backfield situation is a ticking time bomb with uh, who gets what. Because Josh Jacobs, like they started him in the first preseason game. He only got, uh, what's it called, 57 yards rushing this past week. You no. know, you're not going to win with that. They didn't play Zamir White at all. And not like, at all. Who's their backup? Brandon Bolden, I think. Yeah, like, I, I think there was another guy. Very interesting team. I think there was another guy getting carries there too. Um... Yeah, I forget. But, you know, like. I don't think they're going to be my last team in the AFC West. I think the Broncos may take that after how they no. performed last night, but I think I think it's a two-team race out there in the AFC West. Yeah, it was just Josh Jacobs and Brandon Bolden, and Amir Abdullah got some work too, but just in the passing game. He had one target, no rushes. Fair enough. Actually, you know, this is a good segue because we've talked about, uh, we've talked about both David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs this week, which leads into your Week 2 matchup against Seski. How are you feeling? Um, I'm pretty confident. I mean, hopefully Miles. <laughs> I'm I'm a Miles Sanders hater, so like I I'm not totally rooting for him. I hope for the Eagles to win, but like I don't love Miles Sanders, and that's his RB two. Um, yep. so we'll see there. I mean, I'm not totally confident in my team right now. Um, just with the injuries, I thought I was gonna be getting Godwin back this week. I thought I'd be potentially getting Dobbins back this week. Both of those aren't happening. 
So we'll see. Um, I mean, the matchup, I'm just three-point underdog right now, so that's not too bad with the projections. But I, yeah. honestly, it's going to come down to my running backs, like repeating what they did last week with Mixon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, that's really going to make well, make or break my team. Right. Well, we all know about Yahoo projections and how accurate they are, so it is curious. But I did notice that Suski ended up moving Josh Jacobs to the bench this week. So I don't blame him. I guess we'll see if that pays off. I don't blame him at all, but... You know, you started off your statement pretty confident in facing, you know, the team that scored the second highest points last week and the champion. So, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Eh, not worried. Maybe the Tennessee will front will get to Josh Allen, but probably not. <laughs> Josh Allen will probably have another crazy game. <laughs> Anything is possible. And also, I guess you're kind of on the hot seat right now. I'm going to have to put you there, Ed. Why? You don't have a picture. For your oh, everyone you're right. Everyone else changed their team name. You don't have shit. You're right. Should I do like a, a snake with like David's face on it? <laughs> It'll be like the Sam Hankey, uh Sam Hankey GIF from last year. I'll I do it. Or not GIF, uh, whatever. You're right. I'm I'm going to do a, a nice snake with David's face on it. I think he'll appreciate that. I don't know if he'll appreciate it that much, but I know the rest of the league potentially will. So and that's all that matters. Make, yeah. Um, do you have any early predictions as, you know, some top contenders for the league or, you know, potential podcasters for next year? <laughs> podcasters for next for next year is a funny one. I mean, Matt's team's looking a little brutal right now. 76 points last week. It's a little rough. 76 points, and, like, I don't know when it's going to get any better for him. I mean, let's pull up. Backbreaker football. I don't understand his team name. But, like... But with, with- with Keenan Allen, you know, Keenan Allen hurt, getting hurt, and then well, knowledge may be coming back. So I guess he's, he's gonna, gonna come back, but he was already hurt in the preseason. Now he's hurt again. That nice little Liz Frank injury. Yeah, and like I've been a Michael Thomas hater this whole season. Like I know he had two touchdowns, but like Jarvis led that team in targets. Like I don't. I, we'll see how Michael Thomas does the whole season. I'm I'm a little skeptical on that one. Daryl Henderson, yeah, I mean, Olave there too. exactly. Olave, yeah, it's, uh, I'm not buying it. And like, we'll see that offensive line is worse. Uh, I'm not a big Saints guy, but I'm also biased because the Eagles have their first round pick. But like, he has yeah. Drake London in his flex this week. Daryl Henderson, I guess he kind of has to with Cam Akers. Like, uh, I don't know. Sorry, Matt. You know, I think Matt, we love you. I mean, we'll see how his call it as it is. we'll see how his annual like midseason trade goes, and maybe that will salvage his team. But right now, I think he's the one leading for my podcast next year. He'll be the. I think he's going to yeah, be the one I to mean, take it over. I mean, this is this is a very interesting matchup between him and Kaplan because Kaplan's team kind of shit the bed last week. So, I mean, Cap- anything really is possible. But I, I think I want to direct your attention to another matchup and. We're going to have to see if this, I guess we'll call this the are we sure they're good game between Tishman and Brett. Both of them 0-1. Both of them, you know, with one thing who went the other way could have, you know, had a chance to win this past week. Tish, I mean, uh, Brett's usually, you know, perennial contender, so. Yeah, I took him you know, this week. CD Lamb in the bed last week. What happens? Uh, CD Lamb shit the bed. Derek Henry shit the bed. Zeke always shit the bed. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought for sure I was out. On Sunday afternoon in the late, the late slate, I thought for sure I was done. We 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 figured out a way to win, you know. That's how that goes. It, it doesn't matter how. All that matters is the result. Yeah, I mean, when when I was sitting there and Joe Burrow had negative four points in the first in the early games when he had three picks and a fumble, like I was I was ready to close it all up, close up shop, quit. 
head out, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm really I'm really happy the Bengals lost that game. Joe Burrow did not deserve to get the win after his performance, so the football guys were in everyone's favor. Still fuck the Steelers, but yeah. the result went the way it did. Yeah, I talked about the Steelers a little bit earlier and later, what's going to be on the podcast, you'll see. But Steelers were a topic of conversation for me. Ooh, looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm very excited for the podcast. So, yeah. uh, so what's your thought process? You have 10 episodes you have to yeah. do. What do you think? about in terms of like when you're going to do them um so my goal is to probably release some wednesdays that was okay. that's my goal um so like and i can is it re- gonna be for the first 10 weeks of the regular season is it gonna be um spread out? it'll probably be spread out just because i think we're i'm probably gonna skip next week just because i'm leaving for philly tomorrow today's today's tuesday okay. i'm i'm leaving for philly wednesday i don't get back till next tuesday so we'll see if I have enough time to quickly record, but I don't even know if I'm going to be watching the games this weekend. So I may yeah. skip next week, and then we'll go from there, but I kind of, I'll probably spread them around. Not yeah. do it every Is week. Is for Andrew? Yes. Andrew yes, his wedding. Yep. Wow. Yep. The, the bigger bug is getting it. Good for him. Yeah, good unbelievable. Well, more importantly, good for Aaron. Yeah, good for both of them, and happy to get it over with, you know? Yeah, happy to get like, rip the band off. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Jordan. Well, thanks. thanks for being my first guest. Any parting words before before you uh, before you go? You know, I'm honored that I'm the first guest. It's a shame it had to come because of an Eagles player's dud. But <laughs> hopefully, I'll be on next week with the highest score of the week. If you have me back. All right, maybe we'll see. All right, thanks, Jordan. For our next member of the Dud Club, we have the one and only Matt Halpern. Matt, how you doing? I am good. I'm doing quite well. Salty, salty about uh, week one, um, but on the bright side, I did. I was the the highest scoring team in my other league, which netted me twenty dollars in first place. So okay. uh, it's not all bitter, but. Yeah, it doesn't really help you here, but the reason I'm calling is because you are a member of the Dud Club. Okay. The Dud Club is when you have a player that puts up a dud and gives you zero points in a matchup. So that, this week, for you is Cam Akers. How are you feeling about that? Specific to Cam Akers, uh, quite like dog shit. Uh, You know, Cam Akers is someone that I I wasn't quite by... for those that know my fantasy takes, I'm always against the uh, the rookie running back who has done nothing at the NFL level to prove himself, but yet gets like first round, second round, third round hype for fantasy drafts solely because he's a guy that plays running back at a, that position. Uh, so I was a little weary of Cam Akers when he came in the league. He sucked, if I remember correctly, like most of his rookie year, except for like three games at the end of the year. Yeah. Obviously, what happened with him last year, missing like the whole regular season was unfortunate. Fumbled a couple times, I think, if I remember correctly, in the Bucks playoff game that nearly cost them that game last year. And then this year, everyone's treating him like he's like the second coming of like Adrian Peterson for whatever reason. But where I got him in the draft was what I perceived at the time to be good value for a running back. Um, so, you know, I, I had my trepidations about Akers before the season. Uh, watching that game last Thursday was torture, to say the least. Uh, imagine seeing him on the field for like three plays where like the rams had no interest of giving him the ball in those plays was 
uh, jaw dropping. Um, but and then him I just the, the saving grace is that I have Henderson on my team. Yeah, so that is true. Hopefully, he can kind of fill the need at running back. For me, it was just the him getting the his one handoff or a couple handoffs and just immediately like falling at the first sign of contact, just like right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was it was bad, and unfortunately, I was like looking on Twitter after the game, hoping McVay would make some comments saying Even worse. that like maybe he had like the shits before the game, and like they were just trying to like be cautious of him. But it, it, I think the only thing McVay said was like we need to get like Allen Robinson more targets. So he didn't even really like acknowledge the fact that something was wonky with uh, with Henderson with uh, with uh, Acres not getting carries. So. Well, I think he said with Acres is that he just like has to maximize the touches that he gets, which is fantasy speak for not very good. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not not to spoil anything for anyone, but he will not be in my starting lineup this week unless Henderson like is just you know is is out for whatever reason. Maybe he gets like COVID or something. But even still, I don't even think no I would faith. trust that like Acres is like going to get 15 carries in that case. I feel like they'd find someone else to to spell Henderson. So yeah, I'm I'm very concerned. I you know he was my third pick, my third overall, third round pick. The fact that he got a goose egg and got like three times, even the the plays he was in a few times in passing situations, they were like Stafford, like who like was checking it down. It seemed like all the time to Henderson if he wasn't throwing to Cooper Cup. One the plays Cam Akers was in almost like seemed like someone like told him in like the in the headset like just don't throw the ball there. Don't even bother looking at Akers. (laughs) There's no point. Like check. I was like hoping. He was just like on his. I knew, I, I like in the second quarter. I knew he was like not playing, but I was like hoping the few times he saw the field that he'd get like one rush, you know, get like six or seven yards, maybe get like a, like a two yard catch, just to have him like have like one point two or so show up in the stat sheet. The zero, you might as well have thought like, oh, Matt didn't check his team, he played <laughs> someone who was like out this week. Yeah. So it's embarrassing. So what's moving forward? What's the plan? What you got going? Uh, so. Looking at my roster now, I'm definitely feeling like I'm in trouble. Najee seems like he avoided a bad injury, and he seems that he's going to play this week, so he'll definitely be in my lineup at running back. For now, I'm thinking I have to play Henderson, even though I would love to wait and see a little bit yeah. more with this Rams offense. Keenan Allen looks like he's going to miss this week. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking uh, Michael Thomas and probably Thielen at receiver, and then maybe right now what I'm thinking is because Ramondre Stevenson didn't really show much this past week that maybe I'll play Drake London yeah. in a game where I think the Falcons might be chasing points in the flex, which I don't <laughs> feel great about. Um, he had a good game, though. He had a decent week one. He had a decent week one, and they were that was a team that was winning and like protecting the lead for the vast majority of the yeah. game. So I'm hoping that, uh, that, that maybe like the Rams you know, get a big lead, which, and you know, if I start Henderson and London, that'd bode well for me because if the Rams get a big lead, maybe he's getting a lot of carries. Um, but I, I think my biggest fear, honestly, is that I'll play Henderson and then, like, all of a sudden this will be, like, the Cam Akers game <laughs> where he, like, gets his revenge tour and gets, like... <sighs> if anyone in the league who ends up listening to this wants any part Whoa. of the field... You don't think people are going to listen I, to this? I think they will, but I'm saying I don't know how long the podcast will be. I'm not sure people will get deep <laughs> yeah. into it. If they're hearing this specific portion of it and you want either one, whether it's you want to like maybe like take an investment on Cam Akers in the hope that he has like some kind of redemption, or maybe if you're bullish on Henderson 
and what he can do, perhaps operating as the Rams' number one back for most of, if not all, the year, and he's a late-round draft pick that could be a keeper next year. Uh, I'm willing to discuss. I'm a little nervous. uh, A little nervous doesn't cut it, but yeah, I'm definitely willing to discuss trade there. Okay. Any last words, Matt, before I let you go? Um, just a reminder, I know I'm 0-1, I know I had the least amount of points in the league this week, <laughs> embarrassing, I know, but I did come in second place last year and had the best regular season record, so make no mistake, I will engineer a way to get my team back on track, whether it's this week or the following week, if I have to make a, a trade where I mortgage all my future <laughs> assets. Like every other year? What's that? Like every other year? Yeah, like every other You're year. You're always good for... Year, you're good for one mid-season big-ass trade, like from four-for-four four trade every single year. Yep, if anyone's willing to make like a nine-for-nine nine trade and wants to talk, uh, you know where to find me. Fair enough. All right, Matt. Well, good luck next week against Kaplan, so maybe you get some redemption. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you for having me on this podcast. And of I course, Matt. And I look forward Matt. to uh, hearing the final product. Yeah, cool. All right, see you, Matt. Now it's time for my week two can't lose parlay of the week everyone should be riding this because i put you know so much time into looking through all the lines looking at trends trusting the data to put together a parlay that is absolutely without fail going to hit so first leg of this can't lose parlay of the week i have the steelers plus one and a half i think this line is super super weird considering the steelers are at home coming off a nice win against the Bengals. And playing the New England Patriots, who just looked absolutely dreadful last week. Mac Jones has some back spasms that he's dealing with, and as of now, today is Wednesday I'm recording this, he's still a little questionable. I know Rap Sheet went on Pat McAfee's show yesterday and said that there even is a chance that he doesn't play. So I'm hopping on this line early. Take the plus one and a half if you don't feel totally comfortable, but money line is plus 102 on this. I would even go to that. I think the Steelers win this game at home with Tomlin against a pretty brutal Pats team. I really like this leg. So second leg, we're going with the Broncos minus 9.5 against the Texans in Denver. I think this is the get-right game for Russ. I think that last, sorry, Monday night, uh, the game was a little bit weird for Russ. I think going into, going into, into back into Seattle Seeing the old crowd, I'm surprised he didn't run to his old sideline. I'm surprised he didn't go into the lot into the Seahawks locker room just because that's what he's used to. But I think that's a little weird for him going into that game. Coaching did not help. Fumbles did not help. Um, I mean, Russ himself didn't have the best game. But I think this is a get get right game for him. Coming back to Denver, get uh, having a nine and a half point. Uh, spread against the Texans is a little bit risky. The Texans did just play well against the Colts. Uh, a Lovey Smith team is always going to be a good defensive team, but I think Russ and that offense gets right, and I think they cover the double digits at home. Next, we have another double-digit line, and that's the Bills at home, minus 9.5 against the Titans. I'm not high on the Titans. I'm going to happily bet against them on this one. The Bills look like the Bills on steroids. In Buffalo, I, I think this one is a lock for them to win in double digits. Um, I don't think much of the Titans. I don't think much of that offense. Um, I don't really think much of the defense either, and I think Josh Allen is just way too good. That one, I'm hammering minus 9.5 bills at home. And the last one I mentioned earlier against my Eagles, uh, 
little issues with the run defense. Jordan Davis didn't get enough looks against the Lions. Maybe that changes, but for now, I am hammering that Dalvin Cook over in rush yards. As of right now, when I'm recording this, the line has not been posted yet, but whatever it is, I am taking that over. Um, Interior line for the Eagles, they started with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave is definitely more of a pass rush defensive tackle, and Fletcher Cox isn't really what he used to be. Now, if they Gannon does get smart and they start playing Jordan Davis a little bit more on earlier downs, then maybe Dalvin doesn't get those rushing yards, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Dalvin's going to have a couple big chunk plays, and I think he hits that over. So we're going to go with those four lines. I can't get the Dalvin line just yet, so I can't see what the the full four-leg parlay is going to be, but at least with Bills minus 9.5, Steelers money line at plus 102, and the Broncos minus 9.5, we're already at plus 600. So this is going to be a very nice parlay. All you guys should take this because it is an instant winner, I promise. All right, and that will do it for the first episode of The Loser Pod. A little bit of a short episode this week. I wanted to have one more segment, but could not do it because of some scheduling conflicts. So next week and the weeks after, we will have that. But hope you guys all enjoyed this episode, and see you guys next week.